tonight we're going to be talking about examining the third heavens. <clears throat> this is a teaching that was put together um, in part by Perry Stone. And I'm hoping that it will be enlightening to you. Also open up your eyes to some things that um, God is doing and, and wants us to be aware of. Throughout thousands of years of biblical history, holy men have been privileged to pierce the veil of earth and enter into the dimension of angels to see the secrets of the third heavens. Now, if you remember, God spoke to us on a couple different occasions and said he wants us to be in the third heavens. He wants us to enter in and stay there. And if you understand um, the heavens, the first heavens is this earth realm. The second heavens is the, where the principalities and powers rule and reign. And the third heavens is where we're supposed to be seated above those things. So from the position of being an eagle in the spirit, eagles like storms because the storms are what God uses to propel us to go higher. The storms are what God uses to cause the deep anointing on the inside of us to come to the forefront. So nobody should be afraid of storms at all. We should get excited when we see storms coming because we know that's when we're going to get the highest wind. We're going to get to the highest heights in the third heavens. And that's where our skills are sharpened. That's where the anointing that God has given us is going to be increased and deepened. And every one of us should be seeking God to go to a deeper place in the anointing a deeper place in the prophetic. So many people need to hear God's voice. So many people, because there's, there's not enough true prophets out there teaching the word of God. And in order for that to take place, us everyday people in the body of Christ have to be walking close to God, have to be walking where we hear his voice that as we're walking down the street, and we see someone, you know, they could be smiling and happy and laughing, but God may use you to give them a word. Be prepared for that in this season. The Bible teaches that there are different levels of heaven. The heavens are divided into three distinct sections, as established from the beginning of creation in the foreknowledge of God. The first level is found on earth and was given to the dominion of men. The second level is seen in the scripture that calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. You can find this in Ephesians 2 too. Scholars note that the Greek word air alludes to the area from the ground on earth to the clouds. However, all living and breathing beings can only go as high as the available oxygen. From that point, moving into the dark matter of space, the region of the sun, moon, and stars, only spirit beings, both good, angelic, and bad, demonic, can function and operate throughout the vast space at the speed of thought. So let me read that again. However, all living and breathing beings can only go as high as the available oxygen. From that point, Moving into the dark matter of space, the region of the sun, moon, and stars, only spirit beings, both good, angelic, and bad, demonic, can function and operate throughout this vast space 
at the speed of thought. The Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light years across. I don't have any numbers to help you understand that, but that's pretty large. <laughs> Giving you an idea of the expanse of God's second heaven. The first heaven is given for man. The second heaven is presently the principality zone where an unknown number of satanic powers and chief priests have access. This is proven when we read in Revelation of a future war in heaven between Michael and his angels and Satan and his angels. This future conflict will send Satan's dark forces spiring from the second heaven, thrusting them to the earth. So all of the principalities and powers that we see operating through uh, Biden, operating through Kamala Harris, operating through um, the different leaders that are in the Republican Party, you know, they're subject to those things. They're subject to those principalities and powers because they're not walking in the spirit of God. And they're not separated unto God as they should be. The term third heaven is found only once in the 66 books of the Bible. The phrase was penned by the Apostle Paul describing a strange experience in which he either saw a stunning otherworld vision or through an out-of-the-body experience was lifted away from the terrestrial world into a heavenly dimension somewhere in the upper celestial regions. So Paul had this experience where he was able to go into the third heavens as God bid him and directed him. And again, remember, God bid us to go into the third heavens as well. Paul called this region the third heaven. And let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. And this is in the Amplified Version. It is necessary to boast, though nothing is gained by it. But I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or out of the body I do not know, only God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven. And I know that such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I do not know, only God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which man is not permitted to speak, words too, secret, too sacred to tell. Now Paul was blessed to receive several revelations from the Lord that were hidden with God from the beginning of creation. He wrote, even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints in Colossians 1.26. And there's things that God wants to share with us, tell us, and cause us to know. And we need to be in the third heaven so that he can share those things with us. One fascinating revelation Paul received concerned a future event that would suddenly occur. Those living on earth would hear a shout from the archangel, the blast of a loud shofar indicating Christ's return, in which the living saints would be instantly would instantly be changed from mortal to immortal. And you can see that in 1 Corinthians 15:52. Believers alive at that time will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. 1 Thessalonians 4:16 to 17. Now, 
No Old Testament prophet or early apostle received this particular revelation except Paul. Now that's something that we should take note of and also take into our spirit because God trusted him to do this. So not only did he trust Paul, he's trusting us in this hour to be able to go into the third heavens to receive these revelations. It was Paul himself who acknowledged I come to visions and revelation from the Lord. But what makes Paul's encounter with paradise very curious is when he wrote he had heard unspeakable words, which he said it was not lawful for a man to utter. And he said this 2 Corinthians 12, verse 4. When theologians have dissected this statement for centuries, it begs the question, what did Paul hear that was so dramatic, mysterious, and amazing that he was instructed not to relate what he heard. What did he really hear? What did, what did he really partake of in this experience? The word unspeakable here alludes to unworthiness or undeserving. Not being lawful to utter simply means it is just not right to talk in public about what I heard. Paul was saying, I was not worthy to see or hear what I saw and heard. But God showed it to him. In the Bible, we read of prophets who pen details of the heavenly temple. They describe the throne of God, reveal the types of angels, their strange wings and eyes, and detailed amazing insights to the reader of the gemstones, agates, and layers of the New Jerusalem. With much of heaven being seen in visions that were written about, it begs the question, what did Paul see that was so gripping and amazing that he felt restrained to comment on it? There are numerous mysteries concerning the third heaven and paradise, God wants to reveal them to his children, just as he did Paul. The forces of darkness are always threatened by spiritual revelation. You have to be aware of that. So when you start stepping into this third heaven realm that God wants you to step into, you're going to be fought. You're going to have different things happen to you that probably have never happened before. But that's not a reason to back away or to stop the free-flowing of that information that God is trying to give to you. It was like, I believe Pastor Barbara said this this morning, somebody needs that information. Somebody needs to have that revelation that, you're, you know, that God is giving to you. We're paying a price to receive these revelations. We're paying a price to carry the cross and to carry the glory anointing that God has for us. And it's for the benefit of other people. And we have to be aware of that. Biblical revelation exposes the plots and strategies of God's enemies, thus disrupting the enemy's plans. Wouldn't it be awesome for God to give you a plan and to expose what the enemy is doing in Biden's administration? Wouldn't it be awesome for God to give you the secrets that take place? In Governor Carney's bedroom. 
in his office, your neighbors, how much more is the anointing going to take place in that? And we're going to have those giftings. They're, they're there now. We just have to learn how to tap into them in a, in a legal, spiritual way. And you can't do it illegally because the psychics are doing that and that's not what God wants us to do. Because the purpose of us going into the third heavens is that we're closer to God. Not magnifying or honoring a gift, but we're, we're becoming closer to God. So in that closeness with God, he shares the secrets. He shares what's on his heart with us. And that's how different things are getting exposed and being brought out into the light. A divine revelation can change a person's earthly situation. Think about all the people who come through the doors here. They've never been encapsulated or touched by the prophetic. But here they are, they sit in a chair, they come to the altar, and God starts speaking to them. And there's a connection that takes place. It's something that they knew on the inside, but possibly didn't have words for, you know, in the natural. But they, they felt it. So when they come across this, this third heaven experience, barriers are removed, their understanding is opened, and they're able to receive straight from the heart of God what it is that he's saying to them in this hour. And many people get this revelation and are instantly changed. They're changed and they become hungry for the deeper things of God. The intensity of Paul's visions, dreams, and revelations was so astonishing, they became a threat to God's spiritual adversaries. In order to hinder the spread of these new truths that were exploding on the earth through the gospel, Satan commissioned a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to buffet Paul. You find this in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. The Greek word for messenger here is agalos. It is found over 180 times in the Greek New Testament. In most cases, the word is translated as an angel, and in seven cases, it is translated in the King James Version as messenger. It is the same Greek word used in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, where Christ is addressing the pastors of the seven churches, saying, unto the angel of the church of Sardis, and so forth, in Revelations 2.1, 2.2, Revelations 8.2, Revelations 12.2, and 12.18. In these passages, the angel was a human messenger, the pastor of each church. Satan always uses counterfeits and copycats what the Spirit of God does. Satan always uses counterfeits and copycats what the Spirit of God does. And we really started seeing this when we um, started getting deeper into exorcisms and deliverances. We were looking at things that were going on with the, the Hindu people and the, the shaking, the violent shakings that were taking place up under the Kundalini anointing. We were seeing how People were having different healings that were taking place 
but really what what it was was a smaller demon was being interjected over top of a uh, was being eaten up by a bigger demon that was in another person and it, it was sad to see but Satan really counterfeits what God has created he tries to take over he tries to make God look bad but he also tries to mimic what it is and because people are so hungry right now for the spiritual and the supernatural they're taking these things as being God they're taking these things as being uh, the true nature and the true spirit of God and they're being deceived and one of the most horrifying things that that is taking place right now is a lot of the things that are going on within the new age movement and the new age realm because they're opening different doorways into the spirit realm through natural practices and through witchcraft and they're really messing people up they're really messing people up with these things so this is why I was saying earlier you know you have to make sure that God is bidding you to come into the third heavens and that you're not trying to do anything to make yourself go there because if you do that you can get yourself bound with the demonic spirit so this copycat spirit that, that the devil has is real and it's also going to be so much more real because he is producing lying signs and wonders lying signs and wonders you're sometimes we're looking for things to manifest we're looking to get a prophetic word and God is not saying anything to you so instead of you just being patient and waiting for the, the true spirit of God to speak to you you just keep pecking and pecking and pecking trying to get a prophetic word from somebody and God will give you a prophetic word but it'll be something he'll speak through these lying these lying prophets he'll speak through these lying signs and wonders you know sometimes we prophetically take our Bible and say God speak to me we throw it down on the table and you know it opens up to that page and then you get some scriptures that sometimes they make sense sometimes they don't <laughs> that's a lying sign and a wonder <laughs> you have to be aware of that you know then the devil will flip pages open to you the devil will send people to you saying yeah you you should go down the street here and uh, meet this person and, and go ahead and uh, engage in sex with them because God says it's okay because this is your soulmate or this is your spiritual covering that's going to take place and people are following these dumb things thinking that they're being spiritual and they're not and they're not and you you have to have discernment but the lying sign and wonder you know they got goosebumps you know the hair stood up on the back of their neck and if well this is God I have to do this no you don't no you don't so so be aware of that be aware of that Satan sent a messenger to Paul Paul's messenger was an angel of Satan this strong demonic spirit was an authorized demonic agent sent to create adverse circumstances against Paul in his ministry this strong demonic spirit was an authorized demonic agent sent to create adverse circumstances against against Paul and his ministry. 
why the Lord permitted this entity to work against Paul should also be noted. The apostle wrote, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, this thorn in the flesh was allowed. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, this thorn in the flesh was allowed. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. So Paul knew this. Paul knew that he was going to have to encounter and walk through some hard places. Some suffering, as Pastor Barbara calls it, from time to time. There's things that God allows you to go through, makes you go through, that in a natural mind just doesn't make sense. Why do we, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to suffer? But there's a purpose. There's a reasoning behind it. And as you get deeper in God and you get closer to God, you start surrendering to those places where you have to suffer. You start surrendering to the voice of God and the will of God. And you know, okay, this is a part of, of what's going on. This is going to keep me grounded. This is going to keep me humble. This is going to keep me in the spirit. And we have to stay in those places. When you understand the level of power and authority that God is going to entrust us in. And that Satan had that same power. We could be subject to falling the same way that Satan fell. We could arise inside of ourselves and say that we are better than God. My revelation is deeper than God's. And we can take the anointing that God has given us and destroy ourselves with it. Sometimes we should be grateful that God hasn't super anointed us right now. Because of the, the errors that are inside of us. Our sin nature that's still um, being worked out and beaten down. Because many people have come through. And they did not have that under control. They did not have it under the Spirit of God. And they fell. And not only did they fall, but they took other people with them. And they destroyed themselves. They destroyed God's name. In, in the midst of their, you know, looking good and looking, looking uh, like they were super anointed and super special. And that's not anything that we want. You know, sometimes... God sits us down and says, I don't want you doing anything. We should be appreciative of those moments because that's the discipline of the Lord. That's the discipline of the Father that He is and He's making us true sons and true daughters. It's necessary. Our ways are not His ways. This particular evil messenger or angel was given the assignment to continually buffet Paul. I think every one of us have been through these types of experiences at one point in time or another. And I know we're all grateful that we don't have this on a continuous basis. Because this would be completely unbearable. But you have to understand for this new place that we're going into... There is a potential that God could allow you to go through this type of situation again. 
And you have to be okay with that. You have to make yourself be in compliance with the Spirit of God so that He can entrust you with those deep revelations and mysteries. You know, I think about Brother Brett and how God has gifted him in the prophetic with the dreams and the visions and the different things that he's seen. But I don't want to walk through what he's walked through because he's been through pure hell. And when you think about those different things that he's gone through, you understand how deep his calling is. Some of the things that he shares in his books and he shares in the messages are very, very eye-opening and very deep in the spirit. I don't know if I could pay that price, you know, and it's something that we all need to to understand. You don't know what your brother or sister really has to go through in order to minister to you or minister to other people. And that's something special. That's something I definitely know I would never be able to do what Pastor Barbara does. Whatever all the stuff that she goes through, there's no way. Nope. Nope. Impossible. And I'm, I'm grateful that I don't have to. But there's things that God has gifted you that you, you're, you're going to suffer for because it's going to help someone else. It's going to bring them to a deeper place. And it's that calling, that gifting that God has given you that's going to come out through your suffering. According to scripture, Satan has an organized kingdom consisting of principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and wicked spirits in heavenly places. This is Ephesians 6.12. The Greek word for buffet means to keep slapping or dealing one blow after another. That's amazing. One blow or slapping one after the other. The imagery is a man in a boxing ring fighting an opponent in which the opposition is continually clipping him on the ear with a blow strong enough to knock him off balance. So you're just getting jabbed, jabbed in the ear. And each time you're going back, going back, not able to, to, to regain yourself. Paul is basically saying, when I think I am standing up doing well, I am suddenly knocked down again and again. Paul would pick himself up, believing he was making progress, when out of nowhere, here came another blow. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, prior to revealing this thorn in the flesh, Paul listed a series of obstacles he consistently encountered that slowed down his ministry. These obstacles caused him great pain, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. The list includes 22 different trials and difficulties that Paul had to endure. Paul was on a satanic hit list aimed to stop his ministry. The book of Acts details many of the narratives Paul alluded to in his list recorded in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 28. In Acts 9, his life was threatened in Damascus, and he escaped over the wall in a basket. Acts 13, 
Paul's message was rejected by the Jews, and he was accused of blasphemy. Acts 14, Paul was dragged out of the city of Lystria and was stoned. Wow. Wow. Didn't say he got away. He got stoned. Acts 15. A strong contention arose between Paul and Barnabas that caused a division. If you've ever been in the middle of a strife and contention situation, that is one of the most miserable places you can be. Especially when you're trying to not be involved in it, but someone else keeps making it happen around about you. That is absolutely miserable. Beyond his control, he was stuck in it. Acts 16, Paul and Silas were arrested, beaten, and placed in prison. Acts 17, Paul's preaching caused an uproar at Thessalonica. Can you imagine that going somewhere, giving a message from God, and the whole city just erupts in chaos? Here come the authorities knocking on the door. What have you done? What did you say? Why did you say this? When all you're trying to do is just preach the gospel. A whole city. Paul's, in Acts 18, Paul's message was rejected at Corinth. He was arrested and stood trial. Acts 19, a riot broke out at Ephesus after idol worshippers were converted to Christ. Acts 21, a riot broke out in the city and Paul was arrested. Acts 22, Paul had to go to court for preaching the gospel. Acts 23, a group of zealous religious Jews sought to kill people, to kill Paul. The religious spirit is something that is absolutely horrible. And when you encounter this in the body of Christ, it really makes you think about your salvation. It really makes you think about, do you really want to be saved? Because that religious spirit just has no ending in sight. It, it's criticism upon criticism for everything that you do. Don't fast. Do fast. You're not praying right. You're praying too long. You're praying too short. Your clothes aren't right. Just absolutely ridiculous. Can you imagine this? All of this ridicule that's, that's taking place against Paul. And we go through this. We don't really think about it this way, but we, we do. Other, other churches look and say, well, you shouldn't be prophesying. You shouldn't be doing deliverance. You know. You shouldn't preach the Bible this way. You should talk about only these things. It's a whole slew of just evil. Acts 27. While on his way to Rome, Paul was in a severe shipwreck, yet survived. Acts 28. Paul was bitten by a deadly viper, yet miraculously survived. To prevent Paul from personally boasting about his amazing visitation to heaven, 
Paul wrote, I knew a man. Paul said he was caught up into the third heaven. He did these things in order to keep himself from becoming prideful. To keep himself from boasting in himself. This was wisdom. The Greek word is harpeso when you're talking about the word caught up. And is the same Greek word Paul penned when at the return of Christ, he said that we should be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 This Greek word has several possible meanings, including to snatch out by force, to suddenly rescue one from danger, and to remove from one location to another. The word indicates a very quick and sudden removal of a person from one locale to a new one. So he was caught up. So when he's talking about his experience, it definitely doesn't say that he planned it. He caused it to happen. He made it happen. It really was God drawing him closer to himself. When you think about um, in Genesis when Enoch walked with God and was not, and they couldn't find him anymore. That was a snatching away that took place. He became so close to God that God just said, come up here with me. And he, he didn't bring him back. These are the things that we want to be walking in. We want to be walking so close to God that he does this with us. You know, sometimes you hear about different people having revelations and, and visions and things like that. This is how it happens. They're getting caught up to the third heaven in these particular moments. And God's showing them these revelations. And then he sends them back. And that's, it's at those times there that they share what they have found and what they have heard with the rest of the body of Christ. You have not because you ask not. And it's time for us to start asking for these things. So that we can start receiving them. We want the deeper move of God. We want the deeper glory. And we need to continuously ask for it. Paul was caught up. Meaning this was not a progressive or gradual snatching up. But this was immediate and swift. For example, in Luke chapter 16, verse 23, the moment the rich man died, he immediately in hell lifted up his eyes, being in torment. One minute he was in his home, ignoring a beggar at his gate and enjoying the easy life and the abundance acquired during his lifetime. Then suddenly he blanked out, perhaps a heart attack, and seconds later he lifted his head in his eyes, realizing he, his soul, and spirit were in another world. The Apostle John demonstrated the suddenness of his spiritual vision. He was exiled on the island of Patmos when he was suddenly overcome by the presence of the Lord and was in the spirit, Revelations 1.10, meaning his mind and eyes were alerted and open to God's presence. He began experiencing a lengthy vision of God's plans for the future. He was writing on parchment, and at the same time he was seeing something otherworldly. 
after receiving a message in vision form from Christ to release in writing to seven churches. You can find this in Revelations chapters 2 and 3. John heard a trumpet from heaven accompanied by a voice saying, Come up here. Revelations 4.1 Immediately he was in God's eternal heavenly throne room, seeing God, Christ the Lamb, and a multitude of worshipers with 24 elders sitting on thrones. Revelations 4-5 This swift and immediate earth to heaven shift is similar to the transfer of a believer from earth to heaven at the moment of death. Now Perry Stone's father recounted this story in closing. When Father Fred Stone was called into the ministry in his late teens, he was blessed with a remarkable spiritual experience in which he saw the very edge of the third heaven. Somewhere beyond was the abode where the souls of the righteous dwell. He said while sitting in a white cane back chair, I felt a surge in my heart and I suddenly slumped over. I thought I had a heart attack and had died. Immediately, my soul came out of my body like taking a hand out of a glove. My soul or spirit was suddenly whisked through space so fast that I was in a fetal position and could feel the pressure of myself rising. When I stopped, I opened my eyes and I was standing in an open space on absolutely nothing. I was surrounded by the most beautiful royal blue color, unlike anything I have seen on earth. The blue skies on earth pale in comparison to the rich, deep blue color surrounding the edge of heaven. That's a powerful experience. Think about the experiences that God has been giving you and open up your heart to receive more. Don't be content with what you have had already. Yearn, thirst, hunger after righteousness. Hunger after the deeper things that God has available to us in the third heavens. It's time for deeper revelations to take place. It's time for every one of our giftings to go to a new place in Him. And as we're yielding ourselves... As we're washing our dishes, doing our laundry, working, whatever it is that you're doing throughout the day, you can be walking in a place where you're so concentrated on the Spirit of God that He can talk to you. He can snatch you away and bring you into His third heaven experience with Him. This is something that as you start yearning for, God is going to open up that doorway for it to take place. Because he wants us to go there. He wants us to be in this place with him. We're committed to excellence and truth. 
as we conduct spiritual overwatch for your soul. We're committed to bringing the whole gospel to you. Simple truths, given with intellectual integrity, far better than Fox News and CNN combined. Please feel free to contact us with questions, comments, concerns at ChristopherRadiantFire.org. Like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Amazon, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and more. Until next time. That was your Overwatch, Einstein. You can thank him later.